This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a droplet of wet paint towards your new pants. He is Larry Swiss Coffee Olson, and I am Andrew Paint Thinner Keller. Larry, how are you doing? How are the paint colors coming along? What's new? I haven't drank it in any paint in a while. That's what I have to. <laughs> I used to eat Play-Doh because it was salty. Have you ever eaten it? They make Play-Doh edible, but it's. I, I remember thinking it tasted good. Have you ever eaten it? It looks it looks good to eat. Mm-hmm. It does. It's like it, oh, it's red and yellow. Mm. Yeah, my favorite Play-Doh story is my sister-in-law. I don't know why I think this is so funny, but growing up, she wasn't allowed to play with two different Play-Doh colors at once. So play with the yellow. Okay, let's put that away. It's fully contained. Now you can take out the red. Um, that's hilarious to me every time. All right, Larry, we got another deal going right now. If you send us your favorite sports best moment. Tweet us at Reposted Podcast on Twitter or send us a DM on Instagram. We are giving our top five best responses a download code to watch the new movie Vanquish, available now on digital and on demand. Ruby Rose and Morgan Freeman star in Vanquish, this intense action thriller that shows what desperation can drive a person to do. When a woman's daughter is held hostage by a retired cop, she is forced to do his bidding by taking out a series of violent gangsters in order to see her child again. Vanquish is available now everywhere you rent movies. Rated R from Lionsgate. You know, Andrew, I feel like we have just almost made it through a worldwide pandemic. I want to I don't want to say it's over yet, but I feel like the lights at the end of the tunnel, people are getting vaccinated. But for God's sakes, nothing in this world is still right. I am a true Dodgers fan, and I had to learn this week, Dodger dogs are not made by Farmer Johns anymore. You live in the Los Angeles area. There must be bonfires. There must be looting. There must be craziness in the street. Farmer Johns no longer makes Dodger dogs. People aren't looting, but I have been on walks in my neighborhood, and people I haven't talked to in weeks have been like, hey, did you hear about this Dodger dog thing? I was like, dude, it's messed up. I'm going to go to the Angels games from now on. I can't go to Chavez Latrine. I can't do it ever again. So. Listen, I, I, it is kind of, I don't, I grew up listening to Dodger games and Vince Coley saying Dodger dogs by Farmer John. I, I don't know like how they got to this point of the divorce. Like Farmer John's like, we're out. Yeah. I they The ABC seven article says, the Dodger dogs aren't going away, just Farmer John, which I, I don't know if you can say it's still a Dodger dog. I mean, they're going to call it that for branding, but that's like saying we had we used to have In-N-Out cater our, our lunches, but we're going to have Burger King now. You can't call it In-N-Out anymore. It's like it's fundamentally Farmer John makes it a certain way. Listen, we had someone come into our home last night. I know, send the COVID a burglar, Not a burglar, but a true Dodge, like the biggest Dodger fan I've ever known. And he broke this news that Farmer John's and my kids were like, no, they're not all Dodgers fans, but they love, they're like by far their favorite hot dog by far. Wow. Well, I've got on record multiple times saying I don't like hot dogs at baseball games. For me, a low salt uh, sunflower seed is what <laughs> makes it a baseball game. And I think you were the peanuts. You like the peanuts, right? Oh, love peanuts. love peanuts. Love peanuts. Love peanuts. Yeah. Well, I think maybe later tonight, instead of watching TV, we could celebrate and just. 
have our tears with James Harden about the Dodger dogs. Ah! Shohei Otani, who we've been talking about more and more recently. I kind of had forgotten he was in the league because he went in Tommy <laughs> John surgery in 2019, missed most of last season. He got his first win and broke a major or broke tied, did something for the first time <laughs> since Babe Ruth. What? Yeah, he uh, hit a home run and was a starting pitcher for the game. Uh, against the Rangers. A lot of these stories that you're giving me are coming up about the Rangers losing. I don't know if you have a tracker when the Texas Rangers lose. You just uh, you send it over. But this is the first time that the starting pitcher has hit a home run uh, since the Yankees played Detroit on June 13th, 1921. That was a much different time. That was 100 years ago. Wow. So Shohei Otani's a he's exciting. I hate to be the barometer of what is should be relevant, but I feel like I've been watching sports for the 47 years that I've been in existence, and not in my lifetime has there been a pitcher who also hits really well. This kind of seems like a big deal that there's a guy in Major League Baseball that pitches and hits because I've never seen it before. Yeah, I mean, that was the big deal about when he was coming over. It was like before he started, it's like you need to focus on one thing. You can't do both well, like, hitting will mess up your pitching and and so i don't know if that's what the case is and i think it's exciting but i do have an aversion to hyperbole and angels manager joe madden said uh he pitched a pretty complete game of baseball if you quote if you weren't entertained by watching him tonight you can't be entertained watching the game of baseball which i disagree with because it's a little hyperbole but uh he is very exciting to watch because other people don't do this. Who's more famous in Japan? Shohei Otani or Hideki Matsuyama? Shohei Otani. Really? I don't know. I've never been to Japan. I have a friend that uh, she is the Japanese correspondent for Los Angeles baseball. What? So she goes to Angels and Dodgers cool. games and uh, broadcasts to Japan. Uh, Mike Trout wrote on her visa application as an endorsement. She's uh she's got a pretty sweet gig. Can but... uh can we go to dinner sometime next time we hang out? Can she come to dinner with us? I have lots yeah. of them. Yeah. What about getting her on the show, big guy? Oh, that'd be good. You're always the one lecturing me about not booking guests. You just literally spoke a guest into our existence. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, great. I know that you love the pokers because I've been to your house and we played lots of pokers together. I feel like this week is the NFL draft, and they are playing a gigantic game of poker. Better than the actual draft is all of the conversations leading up to the draft. Thursday night, the NFL will pick its players from the college football system. It seems as if it's pretty well settled at the top. Trevor Lawrence, the big quarterback out of Clemson, is going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Zach Wilson, I believe he went to BYU, is going to go number two at the Jets. Now it gets a little interesting. The 49ers, I believe, had the 13th pick, then traded two draft picks to move up to three. So there's now like three other quarterbacks. The 49ers are on record as saying they're going to pick a quarterback. There's Mac Jones out of Alabama. There's Trey Lance, I think, North Dakota State, and Justin Fields out of Ohio State. So the 49ers are, in theory, going to pick one of these guys, but they're playing a giant game of poker because they don't want to tell anybody else who they're going to pick because maybe some of them also pick up. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think uh, I actually 
just for fun, I, I think it'd be hilarious if uh, Trevor Lawrence did not go to Jacksonville. Like, is he going to have to return the expensive toaster that the fans bought him for a wedding present? I don't know. He's the presumptive number one. I actually have some action with our intern, whether or not he goes number one. Um, so hopefully he doesn't go number one. But if he does, I'm going to lose some money. Uh, but yeah, the pre-drafting is always crazy with uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. and all the speculation. And maybe it makes for good theater. But uh, do you? Well, here's my question. If I tell you, if I ask you right now, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? You say, uh, I don't know. I mean, Patrick ever, Mahomes. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's true. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. I forgot about him. Nobody when he got drafted, nobody. He went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody was like, ah, I don't even know. Did he get drafted into the first round? I don't even know. It was not a big deal. It certainly went below the radar compared to him now being outright the best quarterback in the NFL. So it's kind of funny. There really is not a formula. Trevor Lawrence, the presumptive number one pick who everybody's talking about, he might be good and he might be bad. I feel like it's all kind of lucky and who knows. Right. And I mean, Tom Brady was a sixth round. Yes. So you think about that. I don't remember too many Heisman winners, but like Eric, Eric Crouch won the Heisman. I think in 2000, he was a quarterback from Nebraska. He played like one or two seasons in the NFL. So it's crazy the amount of stuff that's going on with like what they're going to do with the, the quarterbacks. And um, the 49ers took a pretty interesting take on it. The coach Kyle Shanahan was asked and he had a pretty morbid take. This is what he said. Um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. So I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. The bottom line with the 49ers, I think, is like if you're the Kansas City Chiefs a couple of years ago and you draft um, Mahomes in a low round, nobody cares. But the pressure is on the 49ers because they gave up two really high draft picks to get a quarterback. And if they get it wrong, then they're just going to face all of this pressure. So they've just put themselves under the gun by adding all this pressure. And by the way, that quote they already have a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback, and they're right. going to go get another one. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I don't. I have no concept of the amount of money these people have, but also like the first round draft pick is slated to get a twenty three million dollars signing yes. bonus. So, like, what's what's the? I guess twenty three million is a rounding error for NFL <laughs> franchises, but like. <laughs> You're you're trading up for I don't know it's it's big bets on on things that might not pay. Off. I mean Tony Romo was a really low draft pick, yep. and I mean he didn't technically win much. I think he won one playoff game, but later on he signed a hundred million dollar contract. So I don't know. Stop betting so much on rookies. It just I would love to be a fly on the wall as to how these teams determine what they think is a good quarterback. You know, there's all these – Mac Jones is the guy that Alabama, right? They won the mm -hmm. national championship. Obviously, he's a great quarterback because they won it all. But they're saying, like, he's too much of a pocket buy, pocket guy. And there's this guy, Trey Lance, who's out of North Dakota State. Who's ever heard of North Dakota State? He only played one game this year because of COVID. Like they're saying, but he's really athletic, and he's got the greatest upsides. And then there's Justin Fields, who's like Adonis. He's got a great body. He's really fast. He throws the ball. It's like – I wonder now how they have like truly in their office can evaluate. I mean, way more than I can, but right. They use these advanced analytics to project how the rest of their yeah. career is going to go. I mean, I, 
the, per, the, the someone I always think about, I think he was a number one draft pick in the NBA was uh, Greg Oden. Old yes. Old Dusty Bones. Like <laughs> he played five games in college and then Portland yes. took him number one and just nothing really happened with him. So it's it's a lot of speculation and generally it doesn't shake out to be they, the way they want it. I like so, that you I'm, broke out the old Dusty Bones reference. Thank you. Thank he you. is old and he's very dusty. <laughs> well, Rob Gronkowski yes. has been successful at most of the things he does. He's got four Super Bowls. People say he's arguably the best tight end to play the position. And he broke an arbitrary Guinness record. And they dropped a football from a helicopter 600 feet in the air, and he caught it. So he caught the longest pass. I mean, anyway, he did it at the University of Arizona. Uh, Teddy Bruschi filmed it. Teddy Bruschi posted it, which I thought was weird that Gronk didn't post it himself. He just retweeted it. Anyone at the University of Arizona, any of those guys on the field probably could have caught the football. What do, what do Guinness records even mean anymore? Well, we're uh, big dude perfect fans in our house, and they're always breaking those stupid Guinness Book of World Records. My question Maybe you know more about gravity than I do. If you drop a football from 600 feet, does that hurt because it's fallen really fast? I mean, it's got to reach terminal velocity, so it's going to feel – it could actually be similar. Like, may, I don't know. I don't know if someone throwing the football can go faster than terminal velocity because you're putting force behind it and coming from a helicopter is just free-falling at negative 9.8 meters per second. And like at some point, the resistance is going to get to – we could talk to our other intern Ryan, and he could talk to us. About, <laughs> we should have, about drag. Guess. See, now there's two guests we need to get. We're Here's my question about this whole story: Do you think Rob went to someone and said, "Hey, I want to break the Guinness Book of World Records no. for long," or someone came to Rob and said, "Hey, Rob, we want you to break the Guinness Book of World for fast"? I think someone came to. Him. I don't know. I've never met him, and I'll probably never meet him. But in my mind, he is a. His mind just says hook smash and like people tell him to do stuff and he does it he's maybe he's a genius he does not come across as a very bright person he has a good team around him and his team was probably like this is something we need to do and uh he did it uh i do i don't say congratulations i say hey man that was a waste of time Hope we find out one day that gronk is a road scholar and you have to eat some crow Right. I think we would know that by now. I don't know if you generally become a Rhodes Scholar and then hide that. So I'm going to, I'd put some money on him not being that. We already mentioned this that Trevor Lawrence is the presumptive number one pick that he's going to get picked by the Jaguars on Monday. You mentioned that his signing bonus for being the number one pick is $22,630,055. He's going to take that money and do it all good number one pick should do buy some cryptocurrency. That's right. He's, I don't know if he's technically buying cryptocurrency or he's investing in an app called Blockfolio because they don't say what, you know, cryptocurrency could be uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, for some of us, Cardona. I like the Ripple. So I don't know if he's buying cryptocurrency or investing in that, but he's literally taking this entire, according to this story, $22 million in doing something with cryptocurrency. Yeah. And, and Blockfolio. Yeah. It's, is he, is he investing in an app or is he buying cryptocurrency? I mean, the way I read it is he's buying cryptocurrency and this blockfolio is kind of like a, a broker, but I don't know much about cryptocurrency. I mean, they're saying Trevor Lawrence is the future of professional football and crypto is the future of money. 
I feel like if our boy Patrick Mahomes was doing that, I would say yeah, because he's he's the future. I mean, maybe with this uh, with this math through the communicative property, the Kansas City Royals are the future of baseball because because uh, Patrick Mahomes is the future of football, of the NFL. I, once again, I, far be it for me to tell Trevor Lawrence what to do with his $23 million signing bonus. Maybe you put a million dollars of that in cryptocurrency, or maybe you put half or, I don't know, round number 10. But like to take the whole $23 million and buy cryptocurrency, I may, maybe he's overdoing this a little bit. Maybe. Maybe maybe he's the next um, Johnny Menzel, and we can watch him flame out. I don't know. He hasn't, he hasn't shown signs of that yet, but... I think as a society, we enjoy watching people flame out more than like make sound investments and kind of get by. So I think it'd be fun. It'd also be fun if it blew up and he becomes the first or second billionaire. Okay, so what do you think is more likely? He becomes a billionaire because of this investment or he flames out? I think it's more likely that he'll flame out. I mean, what's more likely that he becomes a billionaire or that he wins a Super Bowl? Oh, man, it's a God. Wow, I'm glad I came up with that bet. I'd like to know. Well, I mean, what's what is successful? Is it winning a playoff game? Is it like what? I don't even know what a franchise would view as success. Is it you bring more people to the games? I don't. I don't know. Well, you know, that's a great question because the Jaguars have been horrible forever. They got the new coach, but he's from college and never coached in the pros again. So yeah, he might very well suck, and he could be good, but it's just a bad team. Right. And, and that's the crazy thing about comparing college athletes is because they're in systems that are designed yeah. to go a certain way and the game is different. And I think it's more of a standout when you have someone like Alex Smith, who is not on a great team in college and then uh, does amazing things. So being part of a machine like Alabama or, or Syracuse is, I mean, I wish him the best. Thank you. Right? Thank you. <laughs> That's, we'll leave it at that. Well, Baker Mayfield and his wife saw a UFO, but she wasn't looking, so she cannot corroborate the story. <laughs> Baker Mayfield has gone on the record saying, I am a firm believer in UFOs and Sasquatch. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. Listen, I don't know if Sasquatch is real. I don't know if UFOs are real. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But once again, if you're the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, maybe you just don't tell anybody. Maybe if you think the world is flat, you just keep that to yourself. Why do you feel the need to tell somebody, someone who's going to put this in a newspaper? I don't know. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but if I had people asking me questions anytime I was in public after a while, I would just start. I mean, I'm sure anywhere he goes, like Baker, 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 people ask him questions. And so... Or maybe he just believes. It. I love the fact that he said they were driving back from dinner in Austin. He says it was bright enough to where it caught her attention. His wife was on his phone. He saw this light. It caught her attention. He says, we just kind of looked at each other and said, did you see that? And other people in the area confirmed too. I don't, he has nothing to gain by talking about this. It's ridiculous. Do you believe okay, in so, watching UFO? Well, my question is, okay, the UFO story. We got that. Okay. Why does he believe in Sasquatch? Did he got a story? He was out camping and he saw a big black monster. Uh, I mean, maybe they they're hand in hand. Maybe you can't believe in oh, one without you know believing what? in the other. Because Sasquatch, as we know, sense. pilots the ships. Makes sense. That makes sense. Sasquatch. I get it. Now. Thank you. 
Sasquatch sized. Well, this has been Sports Best. We're going to go look for Sasquatch. I'm Andrew Valeri saying thanks for stopping.